0: a year of pursuit. And one of the things I want to talk about today is a pursuit of generosity, right, and this pursuit of being generous people. And what's incredible about generosity is it's already in you. Like, you're already a generous person. God created you. He wired you to be generous. But there's baggage that happens in life, whether we were raised in a home that wasn't very generous and so we're taught values that work against the identity God put in us or, or maybe some things have happened in our life that have caused us to become a little stingy. Or, or ways of thinking that have caused us to become a little stingy, and 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 there really is two forms. There's a poverty mentality, and there's a prosperity mentality, and and uh, we don't want to be one, but we don't know what to think about the other. And if you read the Bible, it's very, it's it's interesting how the Bible talks about how God wants to prosper us, but. There have been all kinds of voices that have said, that's bad. And the reality is prosperity isn't bad, but there's been messages of the prosperity, what they've called gospel, where the prosperity is more of a poverty mentality. It's about me, and that's the poverty mentality. It's really about caring about me. So some of the choices we make in life have an effect on our life. How many know that's true, right? Right. Uh, Proverbs 2 11 says wise choices will watch over you understanding will keep you safe the choices I make have the power to determine the person I will become it's interesting because the ethical character activity in this topic in this scripture I'm going to talk about is it's almost 10 times more mentions of generosity than prayer in the Bible it's three times more mentions of generosity in the Bible than love. There are over 2,000 scriptures. There's over 3,600 verses talking about money in the Bible, but there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible that talk about being generous. The mistake we would make today is to think when I talk about generosity, I'm only talking about money because it's, it's far bigger than that. But you have to choose to live a generous life. It has to be a choice because everything in the world around us says we're not to be generous. Like, remember what we talked about. The, 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 the kingdom of the world wants to keep. It says you need to keep, you need to hold on if you're going to prosper. In the kingdom of God, it says you need to give away if you're going to prosper, it's totally different. It said if you're going to live, you got to save and protect and fear anything that will take your life. In the kingdom of God, it says you got to lay down your life and then you will experience life. It's a total different way of thinking. So we were right, we were born in the kingdom of the world, and then when Christ came to us and set us free, we were redeemed to live in the kingdom of God, and literally, how many know, we have to repent almost every day. We have to change the way we think every single day. It's like, I got to think differently about that. I got to think about how I'm handling money because the people who really struggle with generosity uh, are the ones who aren't being generous. Like the generous people are like, yeah, I love these messages. They just pump me up, right? Because I'm generous and it's great. You're talking my language. But those who struggle with it, they're, they're like, yeah, I hate this. You know, I wish you'd shut up. If I had known he was speaking on this, I would have went somewhere else today, right? I would have went to one of those soccer games. I don't even have a kid in the game. I would have just sat and said, I'm supporting you sports today, right? You would have been generous, all right. You'd have been giving your cheering to the... Anyway, the the, the, the reality is like tithing. People who tithe, love them. Those who don't, they're just like, I don't believe in that. It's interesting. It's interesting because those who say... I don't believe in tithing. I give whenever I, when I feel like I need to get, which is never. Which is never. Because generosity is this thing in our heart that we just, it's just who I am. And I'm going to look for opportunities to be generous even when I don't have it. Because I know God is faithful in my life. Do you believe that? The value of life isn't determined by how much you achieve or accumulate, but by how much my life I give away. Now, we're going on uh, a tour here and, um, to Turkey. And by the way, if you're going on that, you need to sign up by tomorrow. Uh, it's the last time to sign up if you're going on that tour. And we're going to tour all of these churches that we're going to see that Paul wrote about. Corinth is one of them that we're going to go to and see. And, and just experience what that was like. And uh, one thing I can say about Bethel's Rock is you have been extremely generous. I am very proud of you. You have risen to the occasion. Many of you given in abundantly beyond what you uh, can, can even imagine. And God has been faithful to you. We've seen miracle after miracle, whether it was the debt campaign or missions um, you know, last year Bethel's Rock was 38 out of hundred, or out of 13,000 churches. You were number 38 in missions giving. That that's you gave over a half million dollars to missions. That's incredible. That makes me excited, and, and we're doing it again. You know, the the year before that we were number 50. Uh, and in in the nation you you have just been generous so when you hear this i don't want you to feel guilty because that's of the devil. I don't want you to feel like you're being condemned. I want you to discover who you are, who God created you to be. Because being generous isn't getting God to love us more, or to maybe approve of us more, or maybe I messed up in my life so I'm trying to be generous to make up for it. You know, you're generous because you live in the kingdom of God and it's fun. And how many think being a Christian should be fun? right? Like, this is fun, and I'm going to share some stories with you that really talk about what it is to be general. Proverbs 11:24 says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, where the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Like, you, you want to see your territory expand. You want to see what God does in your, you want to see God do things in your, the adventure of life Generous people experience an adventure. Stingy people experience only what's in their, in their house, only what they can handle. Generous people prosper. Look at Proverbs 11.25. It says a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You know, what's amazing to me is um, I've heard people say, ah, the pastor's talking about the prosperity. You know, the Bible really talks all about prospering. It it doesn't talk about stingy. It talks all about prosperity. And what's funny is, if I were to come right down to any person in this room and say, I don't know about all this prospering stuff. If I went to you and I said, let me ask you a question. Would you want your kids to prosper? Right? And if you're like, absolutely not. I'm glad you're not my parents. (laughs) Right? Right? Everybody wants their kids to prosper. If I were to ask you, do you want to prosper? Yes. Then what's your problem with it? Here's here's the problem with what some have said. When prosperity is all about me getting rich for me, and I'm going to use it on me, and it's all about me, God does not bless the selfish. He isn't going to bless the greedy. It says to those who are generous, God prospers. The Hebrew word is salek which means God will push you forward. How many want God pushing you forward? I I, I don't know about you, but I could use a little a, you know, a little tailwind kind of pushing me forward. I I maybe you maybe you're living you have a little too much headwind. Try generosity, it might change the current right? It may put you into the wind that God is pushing you. Psalms one twelve five says, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely. Maybe you don't want good coming to you, right? You know, the, you ask, well, what, what's some other, like, what is poverty, prosperity? Poverty is this sense where when th- good things do happen to you, you're always waiting for the shoe to fall of the negative. Poverty is when you never can give because you're always afraid you're never going to have enough and even when God speaks to you you hold back you're going to hold on that's a poverty mentality because I can't give because I'm the source to the blessing in my life what if I lose my job what if I what if uh, what if there's an economic crash what if something takes and then I'm out of control of it and then, and then what am I going to do a person who lives in this idea of prosperity, recognizes God's always been my source and there's never been inflation in heaven. There's never been a depression in heaven. Like God will provide for me, I get to, be, I get to freely bless and be generous, not just with finances, but with every area of my life, my time, my talents, my energy. Uh, every area of my life, I get to be generous now listen, listen, please listen. Poverty mentality, that poverty thinking, this idea of stinginess is not from God. It probably stems from things of the past. And if you sit there and you want to argue this with the Spirit this morning, it's only hurting you. Or you can, you can go to the Holy Spirit and you say, Holy Spirit, I recognize I struggle in this. And you know what? That's okay. But you go to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, because remember we just went through this with the Holy Spirit, like he talks to you. Like the Holy Spirit or says, yeah, I know. I've noticed that you've had a little, a little challenge in this area. But if you let me, if you let me and you take a few steps of faith, I'm going to transform this area of your life. And I'm going to move you in a new area. First Timothy says this, tell those rich in the world's wealth, <laughs> that's pretty much everyone in here, that's pretty much everyone here. How many rich people are in here? Come on. You got a minute. We're the wealthiest people in the world. We're rich. To quit being, and you think I'm blunt, you should, I just love how Paul writes this. Tell those rich in the world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves. And so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God, who piles on all the riches we could ever manage. To do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. What does it say there? Extravagantly, not just generous, extravagantly generous. Like, crazy generous. Like, we find ways to be generous. We look for opportunities to be generous. If they do that, they will build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly life. Now, I didn't mention this before, but usually... People think when, I, when a pastor starts talking about generosity or money, he's going to take an offering at the end. So some of you are kind of sitting like this right now in your seat. Just so you don't need to go to the chiropractor tomorrow, take your hand off. We're not taking an offering at the end of this service, right? This, again, is not about money. This is about an attitude of the heart. This is about living in the kingdom of God as God has called us to live in the kingdom of God. And, and he wants us to experience the adventure of being in this kingdom. Acts 20, 35 says this, the Lord Jesus himself says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I'm going I'm to talk about tithing, and I'm not going to talk long on it. I'm going to talk about tithing because there's many people that view tithing as giving, and it isn't giving. Tithe, the tithe, according to God, belongs to God. It's His. And I know there's a lot of people who've taught that that's of the law and that's of the past. That is incorrect exegesis of the Bible. The tithe was part of the creational law before the law was ever created. The law created laws to follow, and it assumed the law of tithe, but the law of the tithe is a creational principle that went all the way back to Cain and Abel, and we see it in Cain and Abel as the first fruit, right? And so when people say, Pastor, will you pray for my finances? The first question I have to ask is, do you tithe? Because it doesn't matter how much I pray, and it doesn't matter how much anointing I have on my life, I am never going to shift that in your life if you don't tithe, because God does not bless thieves. He won't bless a thief. Okay, it's like this. if it's like, it's like this. You say, well, at least I believe I'm giving it. No, you're not giving, you're bringing it. It'd be like if Zach and Amy... Uh, Knew we were going to Italy, and and they said to us, "Hey, well, you're gone. Can you know we're down a car? Could uh, we use your car?" I'm like, "Sure, absolutely. Just drop us off at the airport, and when we get back, and you pick us up, and it'd be great." So so they do, they do that. They pick, uh, drop us off, and we go, and we have a great time. We come back, and sure enough. There's Zach, and Amy, Zach at the airport. Amy's got two little ones she's running after. And so there's Zach at the airport, and, and there's our car, and it's dirty and empty. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and we get there, and they say, oh, hi, Zach. Thanks for picking us up. And he says, yeah, and we get in the car, and he's driving. He says, you know what? Amy and I have been talking, and uh, we really feel in our heart that you've been so good to us, and you've, you've blessed us so much we've decided to give you this car. That's exactly what it's like when we think we're giving the tithe to God. None of it is yours. But he says the first 10%, not just 10%, the first 10% belongs to me. It's not yours to give. It doesn't belong to you. When you keep it, it says that you keep a curse in your finances, number one, but you're robbing from God. Nothing's changed, right? That's not what I'm talking about, generosity. If you're a tither, that doesn't mean you're being generous. That means you're being obedient, generosity is another level. Generosity is beyond giving. It's an attitude of the heart to where if someone needs help, I go and help them because I want to be generous. Even though I have things, I put them aside. I want to be generous and bless them and help them. Or someone you know that needs a hug, when you give them a hug, you, you're being generous. When you, when you call someone and encourage them and just uplift them, you're being generous. When you care about people, you're You're being generous, and you see them as the object of God's love. See, here's the problem, and I think this is the hard thing is for many of us is the way we view people is different in the kingdom of the world than it is in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, it's different. In the world, you view people as access to things or position or to desires, like, people are nothing more than someone that like you, so they add value to your identity. People are there to get you to positions. People are there to make you wealthy. People are there to, 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 to be used as a resource. So we network with people because we want them and need them to get us to where we want to go. There's all kinds of books talking about how to literally, in many ways, manipulate people to do what we want them to do to get where I want to be and to be who I want to be, right? But in the kingdom of God, it's different. In the kingdom of God, when you look at people, you see them as the object. Remember the story, the pearl of great price? The man went out, found this pearl of great price, and he buried it, and he went out and he bought the field. And many people interpret this story wrong. The person who bought the field was Jesus because you were the pearl of great price. He found you and he gave everything to purchase you because when he saw you, he saw the value of who you are. There was incredible value, all of you. Like in the kingdom of God, when you see people, you don't see them through the lens of offense. You see them with your... Value. That's why in the kingdom of God, when someone says something that's offensive to you, you just let it go. Why? Because you see the value of the person. Like, uh, there, there's a scripture here. It says when you, uh, when you lend, and I'll, and I'll talk about it. So when you lend something. How many get irritated when you lend something and then you don't re- get it in return? Not, not, it doesn't bother anyone in Farmington, I'm sure. Because it doesn't happen in Farmington. Because you're good returners of stuff, <laughs> right? Have you ever been in that, that place where you lend something and then you didn't get it back and then you get upset because they didn't give it back to you? The Bible says you should never lend anything and expect it in return, that it's a gift if they don't return it. And you say, well, why is that so important? In the kingdom of God, it's a different way of thinking. In the kingdom of the world, you get offended, upset, and you don't lend to them anymore. In the kingdom of God, you say, you know what? The person is of greater value than that saw. I would never, get, I would never despise the value of the person over something that's going to rust and, and, and will, I'll end up throwing away one day. Because the soul never gets thrown away. It lives forever. When we see people, we see them different. Go to 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 12, and we're going to go through a lot of Scripture here. Here's what it says. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian church. In the midst of very severe trial, so they're in severe trial, They're overjoyed. So, they're in the midst of the severe trial, and they have overflowing joy, and their extreme poverty, welled up in rich generosity. Are you kidding me? So, they're extremely poor. They're going through trials, but they have great joy and great generosity. There's this mentality that we, they didn't have a lot. They didn't have anything. They had extreme poverty. And there's this mentality that we can trap, that we can fall into. There's a trap we can fall into where we're always receiving the generosity of others, but we're never generous. It's as important as it is to know how to receive, we also have to learn how to give. Give. That we don't fall into a trap that I just need, 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 need because it doesn't, generosity isn't tied to those who have a lot. Generosity is an attitude of the heart, not the depth of your bank account. For I testify they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. Like, Paul's like, they're so poor, we're not even going to ask them for anything, and they get offended by, like, they're like, Paul, that's rude, you disrespected us by not asking us to give as well. They're like, but you don't have anything. They gave beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. They exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. But since you excel in everything, and he's saying to the Corinthian church, he's like, listen, you guys excel in faith and speech and knowledge, complete earnest. You just blow me away. And in the love we've kindled in you, See that you also excel in the grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want you to testify the sincerity of your love by comparing it to the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, he says, you were, you were giving last year. He said, you started it. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what has and not according to what one does, not what one does not have. So generosity is not something people do in order to get God's approval. It's what we do to discover the excitement of the culture of generosity. So it's fun. It's something we get to do because there's a joy in it. There's an excitement in it. We have fun doing it. I'm going to give you five words that we just read out of that that chapter. First, you have to choose to give joyfully. You have to choose to give joyfully. It's something that we do because we want to give. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians that says, God loves a... You know it. Man, you already know it. I don't even know why I have to preach. You, are, you already know all about this, right? You know, there's, there's times where I, the generosity is something that, um, in fact, one of the greatest insults anyone said to me, and it was a, another pastor, because we were dealing with a situation, and it, and it was a pastor who said, I don't think you're being generous. And when he said that, you could not have been more insulting to me because one of the things that I have tried to really work into my life is this idea of being generous. I, I recognize that generosity is, is where the adventure's at. And if you don't get the generosity part right, you miss the whole, the whole point of the gospel. Because for God so loved the world, the first verb God did was to give. God gave. And we, 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 that's like where you live. That's where you find living is in generosity. And, uh, and one of the things I love to do is when I'm in, uh, at, at a grocery store or at a place, when you see someone that you, you can kind of tell is that this is a struggle for them, is to buy their gro- I love doing that, where I walk up and I'll buy their groceries. In fact, Heather and I, last Sunday night, we were going to my, after Cannon Falls service, we left Cannon Falls and we we're driving through some small town in Minnesota somewhere and we stopped at Taco Bell, which we don't do often because it's not, it, it, it doesn't feel good. How many know what I'm talking about? Like, you got to have young guts in order to deal with that. But we stopped there because it was the only thing open. And, and uh, we're sitting behind this pickup truck, and, uh, and we're just, we had order soft taco Supremes, and, and uh, we get up to the window, and I go to give him my credit card, and he says, oh, no, sir, the, the truck ahead of you paid for your meal. It's like, wow, that's incredible. You see, when you're generous, generosity finds you. It does. Didn't even know who they are. And generosity, especially when you're doing it, is not doing it for your kids. Because in the end, you're doing it for yourself when you do it for your kids. How many parents know what I'm talking about in here? If you don't have kids, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you have kids, you know when it's done for your kids. Like when you do something for my kids, it's like you're doing it for me and my wife. We, we just feel that way. And, uh, but one of the greatest stories, and I could go on and on about stories of B-Rockers, but there was a B-Rocker. It's my, one of my favorite stories. We were talking about generosity, and we had these cards, and on the cards it says, God, you have just been blessed by the God and creator of the universe, and, and you've experienced his love and all that stuff. And in it had in the back the Bethel's Rock symbol and the phone number. And this is years ago. And this person was standing in line, the B-Rocker was standing in line behind somebody who was getting prescriptions. And they were listening to what was happening because we all eavesdropped. And uh, they heard the person go, okay, I had these two prescriptions. And, and the guy said, yeah, it'll be this one's this much and this is that much. The guy said, excuse me. It was obvious that this was a stress to them. And he says, can I make a phone call? I'll be right back. And so he went and he called and went around the corner to call his wife. And, and the guy heard him tell his wife Um, We can only get one. And and he hears, I know, honey, I know you need them, but we can only get one. Which one do you need more? And the B-Rocker walks up to the counter and says, how much is it? This is like $170. And this person couldn't afford to do it either. I know this person. I'll tell you how I knew it. This person says, I'll pay for it, and then backs up and stands in line. And the guy comes back and he says we can only afford that one so can we get that when the guy says somebody already paid for it and gave you and and the guy left the card, gave him the card and in the back was Bethel's Rock and in the phone number somebody's already paid for it and the guy's like what I can't do that and he says no it's already paid for so the guy calls Bethel's Rock calls Patty who's who's at the front, and she says, listen, somebody just paid for my prescriptions. So I tell the story, and someone, the person who did it came up to me, and they're telling me, that was me, that was me, that was me. And I know them, and I'm like, first of all, how would you have the money to do it? Because I know your situation. We've had discussions. But they were always just generous. He says, you, we had just talked about it. And he says, I just knew. And he goes, this is what he said. He said, even though I couldn't afford it, I knew I had a God that would meet my need, and they probably didn't. Now that person could do it 10 times over because God blesses the generous. And you know what? It hasn't changed in their life. They, I, I'll have that person will come up to me and say, guess what I got to do today? And will share with me a way that they were generous. Think about it. Think about it in a world that is focused on what's, what I need and the selfiness of life where, I'm brand, where it's all about me, of people, that's peculiar. Yeah. That's peculiar. That people who would put aside, what, I mean, he had to make a decision that we're probably not going to eat as well as we could have if I do this. The Wall Street Journal wrote an article on August 31st, 2013 called Hardwired Forgiving. And the question they asked is, why do people give? Why are they generous? And they said in a world of well, this Darwinism and the theory of Darwinism, it's the survival of the fittest. And just in that thinking of the survival of the fittest, people should naturally try to be the ones that survive. And the strongest survive. They don't help other people survive. It does not fit in their theories that that would happen. And in the article, it talks about the study of the brain, and they studied the brain to find out why people are generous. And what they discovered is when people are generous, a serum or an endorphin is released in the brain that brings joy to a person. It inspires joy. And they're confused by it. It doesn't make sense because it doesn't fit any of their theories. (laughs) That's because their theories didn't put it there. God did. God created you to be happiest when you're generous. When you start to see people the way he sees them. Because the only reason you're generous is because you love people. You want to bless people. Like you see the value of people. You see them the way God did. That's why he sent his son. God didn't send them to him because they deserved his son. Because they were terrible sinners. They were worshiping idols. And not just any idols. Idols the Baal. Godless idols. And God said, I just love them. They didn't deserve it. They didn't earn it. They, God didn't go around and say, I gave them a gift, but I didn't get anything back for my birthday. Look, do you notice how my Christmas biff was bigger than theirs? This is not the attitude of their heart. See, the attitude of the heart of a believer in the kingdom of God is I don't care if they give me anything in return. I want to be a generous person. I'm going to be intentionally a generous person. I'm going to choose to be generous because that's what I get to do because it's fun. Some of us are living miserable lives, boring lives. Uh, uh. Right? There is a boring Christianity. It's one that does not walk in faith. One that holds everything back. So we choose to be joyful. Here's the second one. Choose to give selflessly. Choose to give selflessly. If one first gives himself to the Lord, all other giving is easy. All other giving is easy. What, what makes the gift special is it's part of ourself we're giving. So if, you're, if it's your talents, if, you're, if it's helping someone move, that's generosity, if it's, if it's going and giving someone a ride to the airport or, or if it's using your talent to help somebody who's, who's got a problem at their house, generosity is taking whatever you have and saying, you know what, that person is an important person. They're valuable. And I have the ability to help them and I want to do that because I put myself in the plate. And I've already given, 2 Corinthians 9, 15 says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift because he gave an indescribable gift. That's why I give. Here's the third one. Choose to give willingly. Choose to give willingly. We give willingly because God gave. Don't think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. We give willingly. It's not just the tithe, but I want to. I want to give. People say, well, I'll give if God tells me to give. Actually, you give because he already told you to give, but you ask him what you should give. You say, yeah, God, I'm going to give. Now now lead me in what I to give. Here's the, that leads to the next one. Choose to give intentionally. Choose to give intentionally. If you haven't been listening up to this point, you should listen to this point because I want to read it very clearly. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Now listen to this. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Never give what you've been pressured to give. Don't be manipulated into giving. Right? Don't don't give because of a sob sore. In the arms of the angel. You know what i'm talking about like we know all the songs to play that just make you feel like oh i need to give here it is don't be manipulated here's i'm serious now heather and i when we got married we had a, this rule we're going to give whatever god tells us to give and if we disagree we'll give the most of what we believe god told us to give whatever the most is and if god ever tells us to give to something and we need to give it right then. You give it, and we'll do, it's all okay. This is okay. Because when it comes to generosity, it's all okay. Whatever that number is, it's all okay. Because God's the one that gave it to us, the steward. Now, it's different when it comes to clothing we need to have a talk about that <laughs> and all the guys say <laughs> or ladies <laughs> no laughter there <laughs> touchy spot touchy touchy you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and in your generosity will result in thanksgiving to god intentionally give your time intentionally give your talent intentionally give your touch intentionally give your treasure be intentional about it. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness and you'll be enriched every way so that you can be generous on what? Every occasion through us. Your generosity will result in a thanksgiving to God. He gives to the, who does he give to? Not to everybody. It doesn't say he gives to everybody. Who does he give to? The sower. Because why would you give seed to anyone who's not sowing? It's to the sower that he gives seed. And it's, it's why you see somebody, I don't know why they're always so blessed. I don't know why God gives it all. Because they sow. It's simple. That's why God came to Cain and said, Cain, you know to do right if you just do it. If you just do it, you'll see the same thing in your life. If you walk in it. Lastly, choose to give Thankfully. How can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? You know, there's a scripture in Exodus where it talked about the father's giving the best lamb, the first lamb, to look, sacrificing it, and the child saying, why are you doing that? that you're, you're killing our prophets. You're taking our prophets. and you're Why are you doing that? And it says in Exodus that you should tell your son the story about how God delivered you from Egypt and how you were captives to slavery and how God sent the lamb... To come and to save them. And, and today, how there was a day where we didn't know Jesus. There was a day when I was lost. But today, as God gave his first, I give my best and first back to him as a sign is just saying, I live in the gift of God. Did you know that? That we're going to heaven because we lived in the gift of God? We live in the unmerited favor of God. We live in it. We don't even realize it. I'm going to end with this quick story. I just remember, I I grew up in the church, and I grew up experiencing just what it was like to have God in our home and to have God in my life. I gave my life to the Lord at a young age and never really strayed, and I really started serving God about 12. But I had friends that were unbelievers, and and in fact, I I had friends in high school that were a part of a band, and, uh, and and uh, they, I, I couldn't play, it, it, and I couldn't sing. And so I just had friends <laughs> that were in a band. And, uh, and I remember I went over to their home one day, and there were twin brothers. And I went over to the home, and I'm sitting there, and, and you forget, like you don't realize, you think everybody's living in this life that you feel, especially when you're brought up in it. You just think that. And I walked into the home, and I felt physically i'm I'm probably seventeen years old at the time I felt when I walked through the door i felt something leave me and I had never felt this i it, i felt death and I was like whoa what is this, it was so bad, I couldn't even stay there for more than an hour. I was like, I got to get out of here. Like, this is horrible. And, it, and I didn't even know what just happened. I'm 17. I had no idea what was taking place, right? No idea at all. And I leave, and I, and I get home, and I'm feeling this. And I just started praying, because I was like, God, I don't know what, it's 7 I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. No idea what was going on. It wasn't until college where the Lord took me back and said, literally, it was praying in college at North Central University. I'd go back to my dorm room, and uh, right after, right before chapel, and there was a time where I just gave that to the Lord for one year, I just gave that time to the Lord. And the Lord said, took me back. He says, remember what that moment? He said, I let you taste what the lost go through, but they can't walk out of the room. They can't walk from that place. You got to go back to what you knew. They don't because it's all they know. And in that moment, I realized if there's anything I need to be the most generous with, it's life. It's taking the gospel to people that are living in something you've forgotten how bad it is. And we've lost sight of the gift God gave us that we live in every day. We get to experience it and we forget they don't. They don't have light. They don't have a new morning. They don't have the joy you have. They don't experience the peace that you experience. So they try to drown it out in alcohol and drugs and identity shifts and all those other things, and we sit there and condemn them because we think they're rejecting what we have, and they don't have it. You've forgotten or never known. What they're going through is hell. And the thing we need to be most generous with is our love for them and our willingness to not preach at them, but to share the good news that there's something better. You're living next to them. You're working next to them. You're playing next to them. Are you ready to let the Holy Spirit move you from being stingy to generous? It's not just money. In fact, more than money, it's the good news. Will you bow your head? I'm going to let the Holy Spirit just kind of talk to you for a moment, and then we're going to pray.